feet this afternoon. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's good to be in the air condition out of that heat. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer uh, this afternoon. Father, we thank you, God, in advance, Lord, for what you have planned for this service. Lord, I thank you, God, that your presence is permeating the atmosphere. Lord, we lay down the burdens of the weeks, of, of, of the past week, God. Lord, we lay down our needs at your feet. And Lord Jesus, we set our eyes on you that we might see the glory of God revealed in this place. Lord, I thank you, God, that even as we are here, that you are going before us on our behalf, God. God, that you are solving problems. Lord, that you are bringing, Lord, loved ones who are lost into this place. God, that you are healing our bodies, healing our minds. God, that you are intervening, God, financially on our behalf. And so, Lord, we just open our arms, God, to receive all that you would pour out on behalf, Lord, of us. And, God, we give thanks, Lord. We give thanks, God, for who you are and for what you are doing. God, we give you thanks, God, that you call us your sons and your daughters. God, we give you thanks that you are showing the strength of your arm in this house. And, Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. And, Lord, we say we love you. And Jesus. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Fire, fire, fall on us. Start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Come on, say it with me. Fire, fire, fall on us. 
did in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. So pour out your fire again today, oh God. Come on and shout, Lord, do it again. We thank you, Jesus, for your power. Hallelujah. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Before. We're ready, Lord, we are ready. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Can you fill him in this place? Would you just lift your hands all over the sanctuary? Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We've come believing. You're the same God today and the same God tomorrow. Help me see the victory you already see. Let my faith be today what it will be tomorrow. When I see the victory you already see. Oh, Jesus, I believe. Oh.
I believe the miracle workers in the house, we need, we need a miracle. You are the miracle maker, God of the impossible. There is no power greater, exceeding, abundance, beyond what we could ask or think. We your day of visitation hallelujah we're not in a hurry thank you Jesus thank you Jesus press in press in church come on he's here hallelujah 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 oh we thank you Lord for what you're doing you are awesome in this place mighty God you're awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome. You are awesome in this place. I'm a father. You are worthy of all praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Sing it. You are awesome. Mighty God, you are awesome, you are awesome in this place, I'm a father, you are worthy of all praise, to you our lives we raise, you are awesome in this place, mighty God.
put your hands together for an awesome God. Can we just praise the Lord? There's an awesome spirit in the house right now. Can we just praise Him? Lift up your hearts, lift up your voices, and praise our God, our King. He is here. He has started the miracles already. You do not have to wait. He's a miracle-working God. And in the waiting, in the waiting, we give Him glory. Can we just give Him glory today? Hallelujah! It's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. Just that you may be seated. Just a few announcements. Next Sunday is Baptismal Sunday. And we love Baptismal Sunday, don't we? We love it. So if you're ready to be baptized, if you will register with us this week, you'll get emails from us and a phone call from us this week to give you instructions. So make sure you go to regenerationnashville.org and register. Also, our monthly prayer is coming up, and that's August the 6th at 9.30 right here in this room. And I don't know if you've been here, but we've been having a move of the Lord every time we come together. So you don't want to miss prayer time on August the 6th at 9.30. And right after our prayer time at 11 o'clock, we have a community groups, small group leader training, interest meeting. How many are you ready for small groups? Ready? It's going to be fun. During all of the community evenings, we talked about doing small group meetings. And so we're going to start those in the fall. If you'd like to be a small group leader or if you have just interest and want to know what that means, meet us at 11 o'clock, August the 6th, here in this room. Pastor Harry Saylor, Sandra Saylor, and Pastor Jasmine Brady will be leading that. And they'll give you all the information that you need. It's not hard. It's easy. And we love doing community together. We love being family, right? Yeah, so we're going to start our community groups. August the 27th is a big, big day. Our elementary children from kindergarten to fifth grade is going to have a big party here on this campus to start them back off to school, and we're going to pray over them and have a great time that day. It'll be from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, so plan to be with us. And then that evening, the youth is having a worship night. Now, I got reports of what happened last night with our youth. And y'all, they're going to set this place on fire. So just get ready. Our worship team is going to be rehearsing. They're having a worship night. And eventually, you're going to be able to be invited, but not yet. It's coming. (laughs) But August the 27th at 530, it'll be at the warehouse sanctuary. So it's time for the greatest, one of the greatest moments in our service. And so that's when we bring our offerings to the storehouse. So I want you to stand with thankful and grateful hearts and declare and decree our offering declaration with me today, okay? Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me. And God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. 
because God loves to see me prosper. I'm believing Him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedoms and breakthrough. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Ushers, if you will serve our people. doing? How's everybody doing? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? I'm so excited to be here with you today. Uh, I just have to wait all week to come back on Sunday, and I just love you and miss you so much, and so it's a delight to see you. We uh, have uh, so many visitors here, so I'm going to start with uh, Smithville. I know that's not like very far away, but a whole family. Where is, is it Smithville, Tennessee? Smithville. How far is Smithville? How many? 60 miles. <laughs> well, hallelujah. We're glad to have you stand up. Stand up. Let us welcome you. We're excited that you're here. One of our greeters came and was so excited. She said, you're just not going to believe it. A whole family from Smithfield. I'm like, well, my goodness, that must be a long ways away. So we're glad to have you. So excited. So, okay. So I met some friends today from Colorado Springs. Stand up, Colorado Springs, and let us welcome you. So happy you're here. God bless you. Also, Dallas, Texas. Stand up, Dallas. Let us welcome Dallas. Glad to have you. God bless you. So, uh, okay, so this is where the hard part starts. Who else do we have here from? Anybody? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Big Sandy, Tennessee. God bless you. We're glad to have you. So did I hear Marilyn? Stand up, Marilyn. Let us welcome you. Welcome to Nashville. So happy you're here, a whole family. Who else do we have? Sorry? Asheville, North Carolina. Stand and let us welcome you. Welcome to Nashville. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Next to you, yes? Waukesha, Wisconsin. Did you hear him? Stand up. Let us welcome you. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes? Sorry? Georgia, stand up, Georgia. Let us welcome Georgia. So glad you're here. Amen. Any, uh, anybody else? Alabama. Did you hear how she said it? She said Alabama. Stand up, Alabama. Let us welcome you. We're happy you're here. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. So I heard, what did I hear? San Antonio, Texas. Welcome. Stand and let us welcome you. Welcome to your Regeneration Nashville family. We're glad to have you. And so, who else did I hear? Right here? Missouri, show me. Stand up. We're glad to have you. So, did I hear, what is it? Louisiana? Where's Louisiana? What? Oh, my goodness. Puerto Rico, oh my word. <laughs> See how much that sounds like Louisiana, my goodness. We're glad to have you, brother. 
Man, you know what? I heard tell that there were folks from Ireland here. Is that so? Stand up, Ireland. We're glad to have you. Some of our international regeneration Nashville family, welcome to Nashville. Some good old humidity. Hope you enjoy that. Anybody else? Okay, what was that? The Philippines. Stand up, Philippines. My goodness gracious. Praise the Lord. So glad to have you here. So, Kentucky, stand up, Kentucky. Where's Kentucky? Welcome, welcome to Nashville. So, did I really hear Louisiana? Did I? Welcome to Nashville, my home state. Louisiana, we're glad to have you. Am I missing anybody? New Mexico. New Mexico. Stand up, New Mexico. So are y'all having fun doing this? Do you like to know where people are from? Because I do. I'm having a blast. Okay, so I heard, who else? Oh, Virginia. Stand up, Virginia. For the John Bowman's mom. Thrilled to have you. God bless you. So am I missing anybody else? Washington. Washington. Is it a state or a D.C.? State. Stand up. Wow. Welcome. Now, who did I hear over here? Florida, welcome. You ought to feel right at home in this heat, brother. We're glad to have you. So, anybody else? Indiana, stand up. Glad to have you. Welcome to Nashville. So, I've got something really fun I want to tell you. You're going to love this. So, um, last week, did you see the man come out of his wheelchair? So you're going to love this. So he gets here last week, and he said, I'm coming out of this wheelchair. And his family says that he has not been out of that wheelchair in three years. He got up and walked. He went back to the doctor, and the doctor said his pacemaker is at rest. One more thing. One more thing. I got to tell you this. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. So, so one of the ladies said, well, I, let me come hug your neck. He said, oh, no, no. I'm going to walk to you. I'm going to come hug your neck. Yeah. Stand up, brother. Stand up, brother. <laughs> Isn't that great? Look at him walking. Look at him walking. Yeah. 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 Look at him. Look at God. Sir? I want to thank Jesus. Jesus made a way where there was no way. I can remember while I was laying in my bed and I'd watch pastor preaching and I'd say, oh, if he could just touch me, if Jesus could touch me like pastor does, I know I could get up and walk. Don't you? Walk. My doctor says this is impossible. You, you got to have help. You, I married my my nurse, I, I, I lived with her so long, back and forth. I told her, I says, you got to be my wife. Oh, you got to be my wife. He's unmarried. He's nurse. <laughs> God bless you. And, and they told her that she was to follow me in my wheelchair. That's the reason it's here. I don't really need it. God healed me. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Somebody give Jesus some praise. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. God is good. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise with the voice of triumph. Woo! Yeah. Hallelujah to God. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Hey, stand and keep that applause going for Jaron Davis and Kindred Souls. Come on, give it up. Give it to Jesus. Let's give it to Jesus. That's where it belongs. Thank you, Pastors Kent and Candy. Thank you, Lee Jen. It's good to be here. Good to have my mom here with us today. We're here for one thing.
Amen. That's good singing. Don't you love to hear singing that moves your spirit? Hallelujah. It's got a sound of victory to it. Praise God. Well, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Amen. I, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To see what God is doing. Um, you know, I think that God loves to do the miracles and all the things that we see him do. And we were singing a song, you know, uh, to God be the glory and give him thanks. And uh, I heard one preacher talk about that God was an egomaniac, he said, because he just wants everybody to worship him. And I thought, well, you know, that's pretty close to blasphemy right there. Um, but, you know, you don't like to work hard at doing something and then say somebody else that wasn't involved in it stand up and take the credit. All God wants is the credit. He just wants to be acknowledged as God did it. Hallelujah. Oh, I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore Verily deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now save. Am I, O oh love, lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, God lifted us. Hallelujah. I feel like I have a, a real strong word of the Lord today to encourage us. Um, it's been years since I've even taught on this subject, and I believe the reason why God wants me to preach on it today is because they're getting ready to be involved like we've never seen them before. I want to preach on angels today. Hallelujah. So, you stand in honor of the word. We're going to take our text out of Psalms 91. Hallelujah. Psalms 91, verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, 
even the Most High, thy habitation. And then he changed. He says, so there shall no evil befall thee. Why? Because thou hast made the Lord thy habitation. So he shall give his angel, or no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Not just your body, but where you habitate, where you live. Verse 11, and this is why, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, God, I thank you for the utterance of heaven today in this building. Lord, I thank you for the authority of the Lord that resonates in the atmosphere right now. That, God, you still rule and reign over every continent and over every nation and God, there is no strategy by wicked men that you do not sit and listen at and just smile because you see how quickly it shall come to naught. Now, Lord, this word today that the Holy Spirit you have planted in my soul and in my spirit, let it come out now like a rushing mighty river. Wash over us, God, that we can say when we leave, we have been cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. Now, Holy Ghost, anoint your servant and anoint your saints to be able to receive the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I have a tremendous amount of information here, and so you stick with me. But angel means a messenger of God or to dispatch as a deputy. There are three kinds or three classes of angels that you will find in the scriptures. You can't find any other classifications. If, they are, if there are other classes of angels, the Lord just decided not to put them in there. The first classification of angels are warring angels. And the angel that we would know in the Scripture as the warring angel is Michael. He is a chief angel. There are classes of angels, but Michael is a chief angel. The Bible would talk about that when the devil disputed with Michael over the body of Moses. See, the devil didn't want Moses to show up on the Mount of Transfiguration, so he wanted the body of Moses. But the Bible said that the warring angel looked at Michael and said, the Lord rebuketh thee. Daniel talks about Michael. There are other places that the Scripture talks about the warring angel. The next one is worshiping angels. We find them in the Scriptures and many places that will talk about that the angels worshiped God. 
The last one that we will talk about is the messenger angel. And we know the messenger angel, at least one of them, and his name is Gabriel. And Gabriel would come to bring messages and information from heaven to men. He appeared to Mary and would announce the birth, hallelujah, of Jesus. There were angels. He would appear to others, and he would come and give them an announcement from heaven. So we know there are warring angels, there are worshiping angels, and there are messenger angels. I believe that we have, to some degree, seen angels that have come that are worshiping angels in our presence. I believe that we've seen messenger angels because we would get bits of information, but it's really not been too evident that we have seen warring angels in the earth. And I believe God put this in my spirit because we are getting ready to see Michael the archangel lead the host of the Lord in the earth, and he is going to institute the will of God. Angels never perform any duties or actions on their own. They receive their orders directly from God. They are not loyal to people. They are loyal to God. And they will only move as God moves. In Psalms, it talks about that the Lord would give them. It says in, in Psalms 91, he says he will give them charge. That literally means to send with a commandment. There are times I believe that God will look at an angel and give them a commandment to show up in your life, to stop something that the enemy was going to institute over you, and it never happens because of the power of the angel of the Lord that stepped in. I personally believe that most of us would not be alive right now if it had not been for the angel of the Lord. I would not be preaching to you today if it had not been for the protection of an angel. Three months after I answered the call to preach, I was driving, uh, and it was in the wintertime. We slid off into the ditch, and I got out, and we were stuck, so we called a wrecker. And uh, I was standing alongside the road. He had pulled me out, and I was paying him. We both had our hands on the receipt. And a Greyhound bus came through, didn't slow down, hit both of us, he and I as pedestrians. And the uh, people that were standing there said that we, we both went underneath the bus. They reenacted the accident, said it was going about 40 miles an hour. At 40 miles an hour, we went just underneath the bus behind the front tires. Before the bat duels could get to me, People said they saw me shoot out the same side of the bus that I had went under. The bus stopped, and uh, it broke my back, and I'm laying in the snow, and they're trying to find the record driver, and they cannot find him. And they begin to look, and they found him jammed up in the duels of the back of the bus, dead. God sent an angel that when the enemy came to take me out, 
because he didn't want me to preach today or found this church. An angel reached in, got a hold of me, hallelujah, and before a bus at 40 miles an hour could go 30 feet, the angel of the Lord jerked me back out from underneath that bus and I stand alive and well today. And many of you today stand alive and well because God sent an angel with a commandment to stop the powers of darkness that would come against you. When Jacob was at Bethel, the Bible said in his dream, he saw angels ascending and descending. I believe that they were carrying out commandments of the Lord and ascending back up into heaven to receive new commandments of God. There is a constant movement in the spirit realm of angels, though we do not see them very often with our physical eyes. Even though a camera last year caught angels on, on camera, you can see the picture. They were in this building. I've had people tell me, Pastor Kent, while you were preaching, I saw an angel behind you. I would like to see one never seen one, hope to see one, but if I don't, I still know they're there by the power of God. And so there is a constant movement in the spirit realm of the angelic host as they are receiving, hallelujah, and carrying out orders in the spirit realm. The power of angels, we have no idea the power of angels. We know that God gave us at Pentecost authority. But can I tell you that God has also equipped the angel army with great power and authority. Many people tremble when they think of the devil. And with all that, the chaos that he has implemented in the earth, with all the wickedness that we see, with all the roaring of the devil in this hour, the Bible says that when God just looks at that angel, he's going to take a great chain, march down into the earth. And the Bible said one angel will bind Lucifer or Satan with one chain and he will restrict him for 1,000 years and that devil cannot get loose. So don't tell me that God doesn't have any authority. Angels can do anything that they want under the authority of the law. If an angel so decrees, he can stir water, he can cause men to die, he can cause the enemy to run for their life. Jesus said this, I can call 12 legions of angels to deliver me from Calvary. One legion is 6,000. 12 legions is 72,000. If one angel, in fact, in Isaiah, the Bible says that Sennacherib's army surrounded the Israelites. And I think it was Hezekiah who cried out to the Lord and said, God, what do we do? We're, we're without help. And the Lord said, don't you worry about Sennacherib. He will never fire an arrow in your city or step foot in it. 
The Bible said that night God sent one angel into the camp of the Assyrians and when they awoke 185 thousand men were dead without one believer ever lifting his sword if God wants to send an angel into the earth at any moment he can hit any wicked he can march on any country angels are at the command of God and they have great authority and power in the spirit of the Lord so if one angel could kill 185,000 men 72 angels could kill 13,320,000,000. You know what that tells me? Uh, that if God had 72,000 angels, they could wipe out the entire earth four times over if they wanted to. Uh, don't ever think that we are defenseless uh, and we don't have any help. For he shall give his angels charge uh, over you. Uh, lest any man dash his foot against a stone. Uh, Great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God knows what he's doing. God has always used angels in dealing with mankind. According to what I can find, the scripture Chronicles at least 104 times that angels in the Bible have appeared to men. But angels don't come for entertainment. I really have a hard time with people that on a regular basis they're seeing Jesus and angels. Jesus just doesn't come to visit. And angels just don't come to have conversation. And almost every instant when an angel showed up in the scriptures, it was a critical time for the direction of the church or the purpose of God in the earth. Never have we been at a greater critical junction in humanity's future than we are right now. That tells me, saith the Lord, that I have angels on call that I have already given orders to, saith the Lord, and they are beginning to carry out my will and my commandments in the earth. You don't have to worry. We thought this was about voting booths. This is not about voting booths. This is about the sovereign will of God being instituted and carried out in the earth by the power of the Lord. I'm going to give you some illustrations. One scripture says that death reigned until Moses, from Adam until Moses, said death reigned. But the scripture declares that from Moses, death no longer reigned. Why? Because God instituted the law and the sacrificial system. And from that moment on, when the law was given, man no longer has to die and go to hell 
but he is given, hallelujah, entrance into the presence of the Lord. Several, at least two or three places in the New Testament, it says this, that the law was given by the ordination of angels. It came through the involvement of angels. When it came time for the gospel to be released to the Gentiles, and probably 99% of us in this building and those of you that around the world listen to my voice, we are Gentiles. We're not natural Jews. But the scripture also says that the promise was given to Abraham before he was ever circumcised so that, hallelujah, that promise would be made to all nations. So the Gentiles had to come in to the covenant with God. When the Jews, during Jesus' ministry, rejected him and Paul came, the Bible says that the Lord turned to the Gentiles and the way that he did it was he used an angel. The angel appears to Cornelius, and the angel appears to Peter, synchronizes them together, and by the ministration of angels, the gospel was given to the Gentiles, and you and I today have that joyful receptiveness of the gospel because of angels. Angels announce the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah. Angels announced, hallelujah, the birth of Jesus to the shepherd. Angels announced the birth of Jesus to Mary. Angels, hallelujah, ministered to Jesus in the wilderness. They ministered to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Angels rolled the stone away from the tomb and let men look inside. That he's not in there, but he's alive and well. Angels announced his second coming to the disciples. This same Jesus whom you've seen go away shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go. Angels guard the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. In this hour, can I tell you, it may look like we have no defense, but if God would open your eyes as he did Elisha's servant, you would see a host of angels all over this building, and they're standing at attention, and they are listening to our praise. They're rejoicing the release of the word of the Lord. These are missions that angels have yet to fulfill. In Matthew chapter 13, the scripture says in the parable of the tares and the wheat, it says that at harvest time, God will look at the harvest. And he will look at angels. It's very interesting to me that when you read this parable, the devil planted in God's field. We're always so amazed that there can be people that are unclean in the house of God. Well, that's where they're going to be. If you know, I say, well, you know, 
They should be in church. They're a hypocrite. Well, if you weren't in church, you wouldn't be a hypocrite. Hypocrites go to church. Where else do you think they're going to be? Guy sitting on the bar stool ain't a hypocrite. He will tell you, yes, I like to drink. It's the ones that say it, but they don't live it. Now, where was I? So the scripture says that in the process of the harvest coming to matriation, that while the wheat is growing to fruition, that intermingled among it are tares. One of the agricultural terms, it's called darnell. And it literally means that when tares are in the process of growing, they look like wheat. You can't tell the difference. That's when the servants came to the head of the field and they said, we think there's tares in the field. Do you want us to rip them up? The Lord said, no. He said, because you might root up some of the wheat. He said, the problem is not everybody they think we thinks a tear is a tear. And not everybody that we think sweet's sweet. So we don't get to make that distinction. Discernment doesn't mean you get to judge. Discernment is for your safety to keep you from deception, but it doesn't give you and I the right to pronounce judgment. So at harvest time, Darnell or the tear becomes distinctive in its appearance from wheat because when wheat goes to matriation, the head of it gets really white and the, the weight of that head bows that wheat stock over. But tares get black and they stand straight up. And God said, what I'm going to do and boy, we're seeing this right now. For years, evil disguised itself. I hear this all the time. Well, it's about the children. We're worried about the children. We want to protect the children. And in the back room, they're killing babies. Well, it's about the children, but we're going to teach a four-year-old. You don't know if you're a boy or a girl, honey. What is that? Tares have reached maturity. And there's no gray area anymore in America. And lukewarm Christians are now coming out in favor of abortion. How many saw the Daystar thing? How many saw that clip that Joni played? Just a small portion of all the ministry that is defending the right to kill babies. And, I, and I'm going to say this. We're not here to make you like us. We're not here. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, if you are an abortionist, you are a murderer. 
And if you are an abortion, the Bible in the Old Testament says anybody that hurts a woman's fruit of her womb would be executed. We are not here anymore to be your friend. You are an enemy of the cross. You are an enemy of children. And we stand today by the power of God. This church defends the right to life. Make no mistake. We're not here to make you feel good. We are here to declare and defend the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world has no problem calling us out. They have no problem saying that we sow hate and that we have hate speech. Well, if defending the Bible is hate speech, put me down. So the Lord says, when harvest is here, and I don't know if you realize it, but when you hear the locations just today, Ireland, Philippines, Puerto Rico, almost every other state, you are in the middle of a God portal. And this is just the beginning Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What God did with that brother is just the beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. We just declare the handiwork of the Lord in this sanctuary and around the world, the power of God. So when harvest is when society no longer has gray. It's black or it's white. That's when harvest is. Because now you have white wheat that bows over in worship and humility. And you have terrors that are not ashamed of being evil. And they stand up in rebellion. God says, at that moment, I will say to the reapers, which are angels what the scripture says he said I will send them into the earth and they will begin to reap out of my field those who offend and commit iniquity in the body of Christ goes back to the Lord saying judgment begins at the house of the Lord I see singers dropping dead on platforms. I see ministers dropping dead on platforms. Listen, you reap what you sow. I think it was uh, off camera, but I was, my wife and I were talking with Joni, and she said she had a man on her show, on her ministry program, and I can't remember his name, but I, I've got to find this. But she said, he died and was dead for four hours, and God brought him back. And when he came back, he said, I saw hell. And it profoundly changed him, what he saw. And she said, did you see anybody famous in hell? He said, yes, I did. He said, I saw Adolf Hitler. First, let me back. He said, I, he said, I saw a witch from the 1800s that had wrecked so much havoc in the earth with people. And she was in a coffin, and she was scratching 
with her fingernails trying to get out. She said, who did you see famous? He said, I saw Adolf Hitler. She said, what was, what was he doing in hell? He said, he was in an oven continually being roasted. But see, that's what he did to the Jews. You reap what you sow. We are in an hour. Boy, I, I know this by the Spirit. There is great judgment coming on wicked people in the earth. And, and it's not way off. Because what we're seeing right now is God is preparing the field. And the first thing that he's doing, see, you can't, we can't go into the field and get the harvest if there are tares in there. So the Lord is saying, you don't have that ability. He said, so I am sending angels into the field, and they're going to remove the tares from among the wheat. And soon as he removes the tares from among the wheat, the only thing that will be left in the field is wheat. And then God is going to look at the body of Christ and say, get them. Hallelujah. And around the clock, we're going to see such a glorious ingathering of souls, of men and women coming into the kingdom of the Lord. Why? Because God has something for angels yet to do. Matthew 24 says, angels shall gather the elect from the four corners of the earth with the sound of a great trump. God will look at the angels and they will be sent into the earth and they will begin to gather from out of the earth the elect. Hallelujah. One scripture says, God has to cut the time short for the elect's sake. Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and Matthew all say this, that angels will accompany Jesus when he comes back to the earth. For the Lord himself shall descend with the clouds. And when you look at the word clouds, it's talking, it represents a multitude. Hallelujah. For the Lord shall descend with the saints, and the angels in heaven will be alive as they come back to accompany Jesus when he comes in all of his glory. Isaiah 45, Psalms 33. And Psalms 103 say this, Jesus is the Lord of hosts. If you look it up in Strong's, the word host means an army organized for war. Our problem is we've got a mindset of angels and they're just fluttering around with some wings you know, and they got a little halo. They're going by each other going, holy, holy. <clears throat> that ain't how it is. There is an army in the earth and in the heavens right now. And all through the scriptures, it will say this. Jesus is the Lord 
or the commander of hosts. Now, when God was beginning to talk to me about this message, I began to find something that I think that maybe will help you. In the dispensation of divine government, which is the seventh dispensation, it is the millennial reign, you will find, uh, I'll I'll give you a scripture for it, and incidentally, I don't have time to give you all scriptural reference, but I've got verses for everything I'm telling you. In fact, let me, let, me, uh, <clears throat> let me back up. Till the dispensation of grace, which we're in right now, but the other five dispensations before that, we find that angels worshipped God. I mean, when um, Jesus, his birth was announced... The Bible said that the heavens were filled with the angels saying, glory to God in the highest. And in the Old Testament, it says, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and his glory filled the temple. And the angels, hallelujah, were crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And so the angels were worshiping God. In the dispensation of divine government, which will be the millennial reign, angels, Revelations 5 and Revelation 7, angels will worship God. I should have taken time to give some verses so you could see them on there. But Revelations talks about that the angels, hallelujah, cast their crowns with the four and twenty elders and they worship and they praise God in that dispensation of divine government. But there are no scriptures showing angels worshiping God during the sixth dispensation called grace. The, The grace or the time that we live in. You cannot find any scripture that says that angels worship God in the dispensation of grace. This is why I think it is. Because in the Old Testament, angels worship God because there was nobody on the earth that had the new nature of Jesus. Even though they were great men, there was Abraham and David and all of them, they still had to have sacrificial blood put on the mercy seat to roll their sins ahead. And so angels who knew no sin Though they had choice, we know this before the fact that a third of the angels chose to go with Lucifer, so they sinned and fell into rebellion. But the two-thirds that Revelation talks about that stayed, I believe they worshiped the Lord. That's what Isaiah saw. He said, I got a peek into a holy prayer meeting, and the angels were worshiping the Lord, and they were praising God. But in the dispensation of grace, you can't find any angels praising the Lord. Why? Because the saints 
have now become the worshipers. Because the worship that comes up out of us doesn't come out of sacrifice of animals that have rolled it away. It comes, hallelujah, from the blood of Jesus that didn't cover our sins but has cleansed us from our sins. So the Lord looks at angels and he says, in the dispensation of grace, Hebrews talks about this. It says that angels are ministering spirits for the heirs of righteousness. And so, the word ministering means the benefactor of man. You know what a benefactor is. Somebody who helps you achieve something or buy something or whatever or helped you start a business. You would say, that's my benefactor. They made that happen. The Bible says that angels are the benefactor of man and ministering literally means they are a, an attendant. You have a God-given right to call for angels to tell the Lord, I need you to send the angels of the Lord to go before us. I need you, God, to cleanse my house, send angels. In Psalms, it says this. Psalms 34 and 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The word encampeth means to dwell, to rest in a tent. Think about that. You got angels that if you could see them in your house, they're in your front yard hanging out in a tent. They are guarding your property right now. That nobody can walk into your house. No witch can walk into your house and pronounce a curse while you're gone. No spirit of fear can walk into your house and touch your house. That when you walk in, you go, oh, what is that? I've got to go pray for somebody's home right now that they just bought, that witchcraft had been practiced in. And even the workers that have showed up said, do you mind if we pray a little bit in here because there's something weird in this property. What that is is God needs to send angels in there to encamp around that building, hallelujah, and cause those demon spirits to leave. You have angels, hallelujah, that are encamped around about you right now that when the generational curse of cancer came to get on you when you were 40 years old. The angel stood up and said, uh-uh, this is a blood-bought saint. You ain't coming in this house. You're not touching them. When they came to take out your children, your angel of the Lord stood up and said, no, sir, you can't kill them in a car wreck. You're not going to take them out. When the angel of divorce came to your house, the angel of the Lord said, uh-uh, that ain't going to happen to this family. But the root word of this verse literally means to bend or to stoop in kindness 
and to show favor. Hallelujah. Psalms 91 that we read is our text. He shall give his angels charge over you and to keep you. The word keep means to guard or to protect. I think that the biggest omission that the church has made, at least one of them, is we have not availed ourselves of the angelic hosts in our lives. And I told you that in the dispensation of grace, God doesn't need angels to praise him because he wants our praise, our worship. But here's why a lot of believers, I think, struggle. If you don't worship God, in fact, I believe that everybody has a guardian angel. And even the scripture says that the little ones, their angel watches over them, children. And I don't think that you age out. That when you get 18, the Lord says, okay, leave him alone. <laughs> I think they're appointed to you. I've worked my angel overtime. I've almost died five times in industrial accidents. And yet, when I, I remember working as a millwright, and we were um, working on a scaffolding in, the, in a plywood plant, and the conveyor belt was moving at a rapid pace and it was hauling the scraps from logs that were peeled into a chipper that would chip all of these big pieces of wood and stuff into little bits of sawdust. And I was on that scaffolding working. The scaffolding collapsed and when it collapsed, it dumped me into this conveyor belt. And when I hit the conveyor belt, my feet were headed and before I could do anything, my feet hit the feeder roll for this chipper that has knives on it that grabs you and pulls the wood into the chipper. My feet hit that thing twice, and it did not latch on before somebody could hit a button to stop the conveyor belt. And I should have been dead, but for the angel of the Lord. I believe that as I laid there, my feet are hitting that roll, and I'm supposed to go into that chipper. The angel of the Lord just held on to me and said, hold on. We're going to get you out of this. Everything's going to be all right because you got to preach about 40 years from now in Nashville, Tennessee. You don't know what God has done for you. You don't know how many times an angel stopped something from happening to you that you never saw. But this is what I believe. When people who are professing Christians don't take time on a daily basis to worship God, then God looks at their angel and said, then you come worship me in their place. And when your angel leaves you to go do for God what you should be doing, it leaves you unprotected. And when you're unprotected and you say, well, why did this happen to me? Because your guardian angels in heaven worshiping the Lord, doing what you should have done. 
So it's not just about doing the act and the discipline of, of worship. It's about when you worship God, you free up the angels of the Lord <clears throat> to do what they're supposed to be doing in the dispensation of grace, and that's to hang out in your life, on your property, to look at spirits that would come in to destroy you and say, no, we're guarding them and we're keeping them by the power of God. Isaiah 45, the verse we've read, it says, commend ye me. He's talking about being the Lord of hosts. He says, commend ye me. That means send a messenger. You have the God-given right to send angels, hallelujah, after people that you love. God, we send angels to Washington, D.C. right now in the name of Jesus. God, we send angels, hallelujah, into every abortion clinic that's still operating in the United States of America. God, we send angels, hallelujah, into hospitals, and we ask you to begin to heal by the power of God. We send angels into our schoolrooms of our children, and we ask God that they would drive out demonic forces and loose the glory of God upon our children. I send angels into your business. I send angels into your job. I send angels to your children right now in the name of the Lord. But you cannot go through life silent and expect God to watch over you. It's not him doing that. He has raised up the host of heaven to guard you. Didn't he say he shall give his angels a commandment to keep you? And if you won't praise him, God said, I'll call your angel in to praise me. In Hebrews, the first chapter, verse 14, it says angels are sent forth. It literally means to send out on a mission and to set at liberty. I believe that we are coming into a place where God is sending angels out on missions because right now the wicked in the earth are on a mission. There is clandestine, or clandestine missions that are being done. It's under the radar. They don't want people to know about it, but there are things that are being implemented all over the earth. We need God to loose the angels of the Lord to begin to go forth and to stop the missions that people have to change mankind. Give you a little bit more to show you how angels protect. The scripture says that when Daniel is in the lion's den, because he is despised by politicians who are jealous of him, and when he is put in the lion's den that is scattered with the bones of predecessors, that when he was dropped down, his guardian angel dropped down with him. And in the early morning when the king, who couldn't sleep all night because he loved Daniel, he was terrified he was dead, he said, oh, Daniel, you alive? 
Daniel says, O king, my God has sent the angel. And that angel dropped down in that lion's den. And here came that big old lion getting ready to tear Daniel apart. The angel just got a hold of him, put his hand around him, said, not today. Not today. Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord kept that lion at bay until the next morning when the king said, you alive? He said, I'm alive. And the king said, get him out. Oh, can I tell you, when Peter was in prison and it looked like they were going to cut off his head, he said in Acts, I think chapter 10, oh, the angel of the Lord showed up and shook the foundations of the house and got me out by the power of God. Can I tell you, when it looks like it's over, it doesn't matter if you're in the lion's den. It doesn't matter if you're in prison. God's got angels that that don't need keys. They can walk through walls. They can do anything they want by the power of God. <laughs> Revelations 8, 5, or chapter 8, and, verse, and also chapter 5 says, Angels carry the prayers of the saints. So many times when you pray, you thank God. I don't feel like it's went any higher than the ceiling. But when a righteous man or a woman begins to praise the Lord, the Bible looks and says the angels come in with vials. And they say, oh, we got to get this. And they take those prayers and they put them in vials, mix them with oil. And the Bible said they bring them up into the throne room of God. And the sweet-smelling incense perforates, hallelujah, the throne room of the Lord. Because angels will not let your prayers go unanswered. It may be 10 years. It may be 20 years. It was 14 years for Joshua. But can I tell you, one day the angel showed up in his house and said, for the prayers that have gone over you, I'm setting you free. I hear by the Spirit of the Lord, there is an angelic deliverance of God getting ready to be released in the Spirit over the earth. And God is going to fight our battles. No wonder he said the battle is not yours, but it is mine, saith the Lord. One reason I know we will be successful is because the church is going into her inheritance. And when Israel got ready to go into her inheritance, God spoke and said, my angel will go before you. Later on in Joshua, the Bible said that Joshua was leading the people of Israel. They were getting ready to go over. They were in Jericho, which was the stronghold, the most fortified, impregnable city of all of Canaan, insurmountable, impregnable. No weapons that Israel had could penetrate. So the Lord said, just circle it. Don't say anything, but let it be in your spirit. And that day, the Bible said that Joshua looked up and he saw an angel. And he said, are you for me or are you against me? 
He said, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. And he said, I've been sent to go before you. This is what the wicked leaders in the earth have not taken into consideration. They think that they're just battling churches and people because for decades, God has not loosed the hosts in the earth. What is going to turn this tide will never be votes. It won't be the Supreme Court. It's going to be much bigger than that. It's God going to say, okay, for decades, Satan has had his army loose in the earth. Demons everywhere. And what you're seeing, the demise that we have seen of sacredness and decency and disregard for life, that's all demonic. But it's kind of like Elijah, who looked at the prophets of Baal, he said, okay, you've had your turn. Now you need to sit down, put bandages on those cuts you made, and let me have my turn. Prayed 63 words, fire of God fell. We are going to see, and I know I'm putting myself on a line here, but God does that to me all the time. But I'm telling you what you're going to see, <clears throat> media will not have an explanation for it. It's just like, um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, somebody had told me, because I've not watched the news since they stole the election from Donald Trump uh, a couple years ago almost. That ought to tweak them right there. <clears throat> But for un, unexplicable reason, Masonic stones just blew up. <clears throat> they can't explain it. They have no earthly explanation. I think the angel of the Lord just walked over and go. We have no idea. Listen, if one angel can kill 185,000 people, and not wake up the rest. You talk about being a ninja, he was. Just walked in and did it. I'm telling you that we are, we're getting ready to see the release of angels in the earth. Remember years ago, uh, there was a sweet brother named Andrew Urshan, and he was from another country, I'm trying to remember the country that he was from, but um, they were in a building preaching, it was under communistic type rule, and he came out, soldiers showed up with, with um, automatic rifles, and they came outside, and soldiers opened up on him, and I saw the shirt physically. They held up the shirt because they brought it back. It had bullet holes all in it. And he had not one bullet hole in him. And they said that you could hear like a dull thud when the bullets were hitting him. And his shirt perforated, but he never became wounded. That was the angel of the Lord 
that was holding bullets and stopping their velocity so they could not penetrate him because it wasn't his time. It is not our time. Hallelujah. You can't, you got to get out of this mindset. Well, it's over. No, it's not. It ain't even started yet. They've done what they wanted to do. Now watch what God wants to do. And when God gets involved, it is no contest, no moss. Hallelujah. They ain't going to be able to know what to do with the hand of God when God begins to drop them like flies because of the spirit of evil in the land. I did this, and then I'm going to read this paper right here, and we'll be done. But in Luke 13, when wicked people die, demons come get their soul. I remember reading a book, and it chronicled a lot of evil people that died their last moments. And I forget, I, it might have been Voltaire. He was a French philosopher that said, we're going to eradicate even the knowledge of God from the earth. I, it might have been, I remember Stalin's daughter said, my father died a horrible death. And I forget which atheist, as he was dying, he began to scream, I'm burning. Oh, God, what have I done? And the enemy, because they've lived for the enemy, demons just come get them and take them into hell. But when Christians die, the Bible says, Angels come. And when the enemy comes to take your soul, the angels just say, ah, off limits. The Bible said he carried, the rich man was his, he was in hell, and Lazarus, the angels carried him into the bosom of Abraham, which was another euthanism for paradise or the presence of God. No wonder when so many Christians pass. I remember my eight-year-old cousin, she passed from leukemia. And my, my aunt was so praying that God would heal her and ask God to heal her. And uh, I remember we went to a Branham meeting when I was a boy. And she was hoping that William Branham would pray for her. And he never got to her. And <clears throat> my aunt was in the hospital with, with Barbara. And finally she said, okay, Lord. If you have to take her, go ahead. And when she said that and released Barbara, Barbara opened her eyes and she said, Mom, smell the flowers? Do you smell the flowers? And then she passed on. There are so many stories of believers that as they're leaving the earth, they begin to sing. And they'll say, oh, I see him. I see Jesus. They'll go, do you see him? Or they'll say, look, look at the angel. That's because angels come and carry Christians over the chasm into the presence of God. I will leave this with you. I went through the scriptures. And this is a chronicle of angels. They are glorious. <laughs> they are immortal. They're powerful, and they're mighty in body. They're limited in knowledge, and they're higher than men. They need no rest. 
They eat food. They can appear visible and invisible. They operate in the material realm, and they travel at inconceivable speeds. They ascend and descend, and they speak multiple languages. They're created by Christ. They're not to be worshipped. They're innumerable. They are to be judged or ruled by saints. They're subject to God. They're interested in earthly affairs. They're being taught wisdom by the church. They observe us. They can cook. They wear garments. They appear unawares. They've been tested. They dwell in heaven. They stand before God. They drive spirit horses. They guard gates. They wage war. They execute judgment. They minister to saints. They rule nations. They help individuals. They strengthen in trial. They lead sinners to gospel workers and direct preachers. They appear in dreams. They bind Satan. They guard the abyss. They will regather Israel. They protect saints. They separate the good and the bad. They witness confessions. They receive departed spirits. They give laws. They guard the tree of life. They give revelations. They impart God's will, and they bring answers to prayers. And that is the next page that is being turned in the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And oh, hallelujah, as we see God begin to loose the host of the armies of the Lord, they cannot be defeated. They cannot be stopped. They cannot be intimidated. Hallelujah. But the Lord said in this dispensation, they are here to guard you and me and to propel the kingdom of the Lord for such a time is this. Stand with me. When we pray, one of the most important aspects of when we pray is that while we're praying, we are busy worshiping the Lord. That's when angels become most active for you. That while your spirit is ascending up into the throne room of God, the angels are descending into the earth and they're beginning to take care of things that you can't take care of. They're warding off spirits. They're canceling assignments. They're declaring weapons that cannot work against you. Hallelujah. Oh, love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me All right, I believe that today God is going to open up something, the Spirit. 
And I'm not going to ask for my prayer partners. I'm going to ask you to come as a church. Because I want you, come on while I'm talking to you. I want you to begin to ask God to loose angels in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dan, Aaron's what we've talked about. Just ask God today to send an angel into that situation. Those of you that have impossible things right now going on in your lives, you need to ask the Lord right now. God sent an angel into this thing and let him be my defense in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And as a church today, I want you to begin to worship the Lord because as we begin to worship God, God, I'm asking as the praise begins to come up out of this sanctuary today, that Lord, you would loose angels, not just in the United States, but in every nation, God, that is under ungodly evil rulership. Send angels, God. Hallelujah. Send it, God, into their government. Send angels, Lord, and every rebellious man that will not bow down to the will of the Lord. God, we ask you to loose angels in the atmosphere. That, oh, Lord, they begin to God as you dealt with Sennacherib. So, Lord, let the army of God begin to deal with the evil in this nation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is how I fight my battle. Hallelujah. Sing it.
Listen, there's something happening in the spirit. I'm telling you, there's something happening. God's all about timing. And when the tares reach maturity, God said, that's when I send the angels. We are seeing the maturity of evil in the earth. That's when God said, now watch me. I'm sending the angels of the Lord. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my
Patrick, and he's from North Carolina, and he has come for God to touch him. Heart failure. He needs right. a new heart. All right. He needs a new heart. He's on a heart transplant list. He's got batteries pumping blood to his heart right now. I think the scripture says, Behold, I will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. So in the name of the Lord, God over Patrick right now, I loose the hand of God inside your chest. And all, oh, even right now, the, the muscles, the chambers, and all of the, the, the arteries, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus that have been damaged, that are wore out. Now God give him the heart of a 20-year-old man. In the name of the Lord, son, you're gonna run again. I bind the spirit of death in the name of the Lord and according to the word of the Lord, I lay hands on the sick. God, they will recover. So Lord, this day we mark it down that old God, Patrick, hallelujah, had the hand of God go in his chest and give him a new heart. According to the word of the Lord, we declare it done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hold on a sec. While they're coming, um, Rick and Debbie, I know, I know some things by carnal knowledge. Hallelujah. But God says that for a long time I could not fulfill my purpose because there was almost like division, but the Lord said no more. The Lord said, when I look at you, I see one. And God said, I have preserved you for such a time as this. And you thought that, Lord, we're done and we can do our little bit with what we have. But the Lord said, it, it's not what you have. It's what you're going to get, says the Lord. And I'm going to use you, says the Lord. You're going to be valuable in the kingdom of God. I'm going to give you great discernment, says God, in the name of the Lord. I have healed you, Rick, says God. I've went through a great challenge, but I have made you a humble man and a spirit man. And, oh, daughter, thou art an intercessor. Thy prayer, saith the Lord, have moved heaven. And this day, saith God, you shall not die, but you both shall hear the sound of the trumpet at the coming of the Lord but I am thrusting you into your purpose even as the years have gone by you've thought Lord what a wasted time God said no longer but every step will be purposeful every step will have demand on it says the Lord and oh out of thy spirit I lose joy now I lose the joy of God as never before that out of thy spirit hallelujah there will come forth the greatness of God because you sought my faith and even in the midst of difficulty you said yes when I asked you hard things you said yes now says the Lord watch me I'm going to give you fulfillment and joy and you're going to look and say oh what God has done for this is a Caleb anointing says the Lord for such an hour as this I preserved you when hell came to take you out came to destroy you I said no because I saw this day so this day saith the Lord and and as a sign, saith God, the hand of the Lord shall be upon thy children. What you thought was lost, I will redeem, saith God. And you will say, only God could have done this thing. Out of the belly, saith the Lord, comes the Spirit of the Lord today. I will loose an anointing upon thee, saith God, 
for there will be much done in my kingdom because I trust you, saith the Lord. I will release to you the purpose of God on your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor, this is Linda, and she's from South Louisiana, and she's said that she's come a long way for God to heal her lung cancer. All right. Amen. Well, your faith says you got it. <laughs> Both lungs. Amen. In the name of the Lord. Now, God, the breath of the Lord. Daughter, I blow into your lungs breath. And as my breath blows into you, this spirit of cancer, I blow it out. In the name of Jesus. And oh Lord, she shall live and not die. Now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. By the Spirit of the Lord, my hand be upon thee. Now God for thy glory, hallelujah. God, let the fire of God burn out this cancer in the name of Jesus. God, give her the lungs of a young woman in the name of the Lord. Perform your word. I loose the hand of God upon you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, this is Alicia, and she is from Texas, and she has had polio since she's been two years old. Two years old. And Alicia? she's believing for a miracle. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Lord, I bind you, spirit of polio. Today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Alicia, look at me, hallelujah. Open your eyes, look. In the name of Jesus, I command you, foul demon of polio, let her go. Let her go! In the name of Jesus, now may the power of God hit your joints, hallelujah, hit your muscles, hit your ligaments. But oh, in the name of the Lord, God, you said they shall run and not be weary. Oh, God, at the lame man in the gate, beautiful, I loose, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost, Father in Jesus, in thy name, in thy name, God, oh, Lord, perform your word. God, I come into agreement with your word. No polio. God no longer needs help to walk, but God normal. Hallelujah, God. Heal. 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 Hallelujah. Heal in Jesus' name. Heal in Jesus' name. The fire of God. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. God the devourer, we curse him in the name of Jesus. And oh, from this day on, God, there is a reversal to everything the enemy has done. And by your stripes, God, she is healed in Jesus' name. Shut up, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to let Jasper sing us out, but one of the things that just came up my spirit we know the scripture says that the Lord will take the wealth of the wicked and he will give it to the righteous. In the spirit, I can see angels going into the coffers of the wicked and they're taking. And even right now, says the Lord, there are angels on the way to the house of the Lord and they're carrying bags. 
of wealth <laughs> that are being released to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, across this building, I want you to raise your hands. Now, Lord, we loose the blessing, the blessing of God. That, Lord, our worship today, I pray, has loosed the angels, God, to go throughout the earth and begin to defend, to begin to make right what is wrong, to begin to rectify that God which the enemy has implemented in the earth. Oh, Lord, from this day on, God, we ask you to send your angels, hallelujah, across the United States of America. Confound God the evil. Let the news begin to say we have no explanation. This happened, this happened. Let the work of the angels release, release, release. In the name of the Lord, the host of heaven over our nation, over the earth. In Jesus' name. Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So before we sing, I just want to give somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus. Is that all right? Can we just bow our heads for a moment? If you're in this room and you're not sure of where you stand, Christ. You're just not sure. It may be that you're just not living the life and you say, Pastor Candy, I just want to know before I leave this room that I'm saved, I'm blood-bought, and I'm going to heaven. So if that's you today, if that's you tonight, I just want you to slip up your hand and let me pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you come up front. Yes, I saw your hand. Anybody else? Yes, sir, I see. Yes, in the back. Anybody else? Jesus loves you. Anybody else? You just want to know. I want to be sure of where I stand with Christ. Is there anybody else? Come on, anybody else? Now, man, I just feel an urgency in my spirit. I do. Anybody else? You, you want to receive Jesus? Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, I want us to pray as a family. God has made us a family, so I want us to pray. Yes, I see. I, God, I want us to pray from front to back and side to side. Everybody, let's pray this prayer together. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. I've transgressed against the laws of God. But I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross. He rose again that I could have eternal life. So Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord of my life? Would you wash me in the blood of Jesus? I surrender my life to you in Jesus name. Amen. Why don't you give Jesus the greatest hand clap of the day? Hallelujah. If you receive Jesus today, we want to put some materials in your hand. We have a Bible for you. I've got some people that want to disciple you. Where 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 our our prayer team here? Raise your hand if you're on our prayer team. I, raise your hand. Okay. All right. They want to help you. They'll linger down around front. If you receive Jesus today, let somebody know we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So see these people on the prayer team. I love you. God bless you. Go ahead, Jazz. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.